This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, this is Agoro, host of the Agoro Show. And you are listening to the Steve and Crypto Show. So keep your ears open and your mouth shut, 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 shut. Hey, welcome to the Steve and Crypto Show presented by thestevestrout.com. I'm Steve. I'm Crypto Zoo. Welcome to episode 135. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate your support. Uh, we hope you guys had a great New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. We're already into 2024, and this is the first episode of the new year that we've done. I'm already over the new year. <laughs> I'm ready for 25. <laughs> you haven't given this one much of a chance. Yeah, this one hasn't given me much of a chance. Uh, yeah. But anyways. <laughs> anyway, you know what is nice to give is your support and... Your 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 hard earnings. We we appreciate it, and I'm not saying that in a in a bad way. We appreciate that that anybody out there has chosen to pick up a shirt. You know, like they're actually working to buy a shirt to support a podcast that they enjoy. What, so if you have done that, thank you. Where did they find them shirts? They can go to Etsy, and you can look up the Stephen Crypto Show, or if you want to check out the page directly and not have to search it type in etsy slash shop slash steven crypto merch and you'll get it right away uh we have two t-shirt designs there there's a magnet for your fridge there's a coffee mug go get it all and if you're still feeling like you want to be supportive you can head over to buymeacoffee.com which is like a tipping service it just helps out with everything it, it goes directly to the show um, promotional tools and and helps out with merch. It helps out to get us to conventions. It helps out with all kinds of different things. And then we also have Patreon, where you can go and uh, pledge as little as a dollar a month to support the show, and we give you extra content over there, whether it be photos from a family event or a recap of a concert or talk about games or anything movie um, spoiling we kind of let you into a different side of our life other than promoting horror and pop culture and stuff we kind of let you in more because you guys let us in to your wallets <laughs> so, so yeah and um there's we're not having technical difficulties but you could probably hear in both of our voices i think we're both fighting a little something yeah and, yeah, and you're listening. This is Steven Crypto. It's not different people. This is us. We just sound like shit. But, I always get sick in the winter. I just count on it happening. But we love you guys that much that we are out here risking life and limb, battling plague. We got a table between us to here for some distance. So, to you know, entertain you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else did we miss? Uh, social media. Of course, you can find us on. 
You can did, find us in the urgent care center did we or mention, the emergency room. Did we mention we're sick? Pharmacy. <laughs> um, you can you also find support us. us by sending us cough drops and Robitussin. Yeah, yeah. I could use some more Mucinex. Uh, I need the uh, expectorant kind. So any any uh, pledges to Patreon or tips to buy me a coffee will not only go towards promoting the show, but will <laughs> also go towards vitamins and over-the-counter cold medicine. That's right. We need to take care of ourselves, people. If you want this podcast to continue, we need medicine, and that's where you guys come in. I mean, we could buy it ourselves, but if you guys really love us, you'll send us Robitussin. Yeah, we won't have to make you wait as long for the next episode, because I know we're a little delayed with this one, but it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Social media. Yeah. You can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, X at the Steve Strout at CryptoZoo88, and um, we post on there when episodes are released. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. Just look up the Steve Crypto Show, and you will find it. And there are all kinds of different uh, projects in there that people have posted. So we encourage you to do the same. If you have something pop culture related, especially if it's spooky. And you want to share a little piece of that for everybody in the group to check out, then go ahead and do so. Please do. We encourage it. And if you post something in there and it's pretty dang cool and we like it, we might even have you come on the show and promote it. That's right. And you know what? Any of you guys that are listening, if you just want to reach out to us directly, you can do that. If you say, you know, fuck that, I don't want to post it on the group, I don't want all those people to see it, but I'll talk about it on the show, just send us a message, and if we're interested, then we'll we'll let you know. And so far, we've been pretty interested in most of the stuff people have reached out about, so yeah. that's good. That's good. Um, And uh, speaking of people reaching out about stuff, uh, last episode, we spoke to a filmmaker actor named uh, <clears throat> excuse me that's that uh reason to uh, send us the cough drops <laughs> uh, Kevin Duffy uh, reached out to tell us about his film and we talked about it on the show and uh, he told us a little about it before and it got us excited to the point that uh, we were actually asked to be in the movie so, uh, go check out that episode, hear about the movie, and then track down the the funding campaign to get the movie made, because we're really excited about it. We think you guys will dig it. Uh, chip in a little something, or even get involved. I don't know if he still has any roles left, but he does have a few uh, roles that if you contribute to the film, that he'll put you in the movie. So, uh, in... We're actually playing podcasters. Go figure. Yeah, what a stretch. Go figure. Um, <laughs> but but yeah. we are supposed to have quite a, a big role in this, and yeah. we have not yeah. received our scripts yet. Um, one, Soon, probably. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what, we, uh, what we're going to be doing. Yep. <clears throat> as long as there's no nudity. <laughs> I'm not trying to see you naked. Um, <laughs> uh, with that being said... Uh, we told you all the ways to support us. Told you about this film you should support. You also know a good 
20 plus podcasts you should support at the Deluxe Edition Network. It's a collection of independent podcasts of all different genres. Uh, some sports or just general talk, movies, horror, self-help. Just all kinds of podcasts there. They're all indie shows and we're all there supporting and promoting each other through the Deluxe Edition Network. It's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Go there, find a list of all the shows. There's quite a few, a lot of really good shows, including this month's podcast of the month for January. We have Barrel Aged Flicks, which is a really good show. Uh, and then the Kindness Matters podcast. I think that's a newer one to the group. Yeah, I they haven't checked them out. Joined in the last couple months, I think, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I haven't heard them yet. Barrel Aged is really cool. Barrel Aged has been one of the mainstays in the group and yeah. one of the big supportive and popular shows. So go check them all out. And of course, check us out. It's all at deluxeeditionnetwork.com. There's links to all the shows. And you're definitely going to find something there. Like whatever you're into, you're going to find a show for you. As soon as you're done listening to us. I mean, unless you're into like nuns riding on unicycles or something, I don't think there's a podcast for that. We, we don't have a show for that? <laughs> Maybe we should make like a side project. There are a million podcasts out there. Maybe there is one. Google it. Now the, the nuns that do have a podcast that ride on unicycles, they're going to be really mad at me. Yeah, they're going to steal all our patrons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would give it a listen. If there was a nun on unicycles. Do they have to record the show while riding their unicycle as well? Okay, you would think. Yeah. You would think. Got to keep up with the theme. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the illness talking. Um, <laughs> uh, this episode, we have another filmmaker who is about to release a big project very soon. It's a film he's been working on for for uh, quite a while now. About like ten years, this one has been in. in in the works, and he tells us all about it. His name is Anzo Farage. He's an LA-based filmmaker. Um, he's put out some pretty good stuff. He's worked with a lot of notable people, a lot of cast members from the old Dark Shadows series and stuff. So uh, check out this interview with him. Learn about his movie and uh, follow him on all his social media and all that stuff, so you can find out when they're coming out and when you can and where you can see them. I do know there's a few on Tubi, but uh, you get all the details in this chat, so check it out. We did this chat the other day. When we come back, we'll uh, tell you some more fun stuff that you might be interested in. I know I am. Be right back. Hi, this is Matthew Patrick Davis. I play the mother in Barbarian, and you're listening to the Stephen Crypto Show. Baby, baby. Hey, we are on the Steven Crypto Show with a special guest. We have Ansel Farage. He's an award-winning uh, filmmaker. We've kind of ran in the same circles for a while and never really crossed paths until recently. He reached out and mentioned a couple movie projects he's working on and uh, suggested a film called Loon Lake, which is on Tubi and maybe Amazon. Yeah, and Blu-ray. And Blu-ray, there you go. Get it on Blu-ray. He probably gets more money from the Blu-ray. So he can put it back into his next movie. Um, but yeah, it was it was a good film, a good uh, thriller, supernatural thriller. 
think you guys would dig if you listen to us you'll you loved horror and it's definitely definitely a good horror film so um i wanted to have him on to uh tell us his story tell us his background tell us about a couple other films he has and and he has a really exciting film coming up that he's going to tell us about too and uh let's just meet ansel how are you bud i'm good man how are you I'm doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, sorry, it took a while to to make this happen, but we got it. We're getting it done. It's not done yet, but we're getting there. All good, all good, all good. So um, let's just jump right in. Uh, tell us your story. Uh, I'm uh, I'm an independent film director from Venice, California, and uh, I basically, when I was six years old, I decided I wanted to. Be a director and i don't come from an industry family um i had no connections growing up with the industry or or anything like that uh so i i you know working trying to get into hollywood working in hollywood it always helps to know somebody uh but i did it the hard way and i'm a self-taught filmmaker as well i i tried uh, to get into film school and um they said you're better off making a movie there's nothing that we can teach you you don't already know because i'd been at it for so many years making movies on videotape with uh, my universal monster action figures and uh, just just going to town um so uh yeah i i uh i'm an independent filmmaker and um you probably would know my films loon lake or uh, dr mabuza um with the dark shadows cast members Ooh. and I'm actually uh, i'm actually going through the uh old dark shadows series now i never watched it in the past but i'm working my way through it so it's a lot but it's good it's a good show that's a lot yeah better than the tim burton film um yeah i, I, I didn't hate it i didn't hate it it was fine but the show blows it away i could see why yeah. kids were rushing home from school to watch it and why I had such a, a cult crazy following. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. my, my gateway to, to no, 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 don't interrupt it as much as you like. Uh, my gateway to dark shadows was uh, the movies house of dark shadows and night of dark shadows from 1970 and 71 that uh, feature the original cast. And you know, they're full blooded Gothic horror films. I mean, they're the closest thing to American hammer, um, American style hammer horror. And uh, I, I saw those also when I was about five or six. I was far too young, um, but I they scared the hell out of me. Uh, particularly House of Dark Shadows, super violent and and just intense for my my young age. And I didn't get to finish the film for like two years because I got too scared and my parents took out the tape. But I loved the way that I felt, and I was just like, I want to do that. And um, and it just yeah, it just kept me going on the path. Dark Shadows, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and the Claude Rains Phantom of the Opera, which I know most people don't like because they say it's more opera than Phantom. And I, I kind of agree now, but I love it still because it, it was my, it was the first Universal monster movie I ever saw, and I, I had no other. Um, I mean, I know there's the Lon Chaney and the Herbert Lom, um, and the Robert England one, which I do love. But I had no other phantom film at that time, at that age, to to gauge it upon or judge it upon. So it was cool to me. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so Universal Monsters and Dark Shadows and uh, Turner Classic Movies. I learned so much from just sitting in front of TCM, you know, when it first launched 30 years ago. Shit, I'm old. Um, And uh, just just growing up in front of classic film and, you know, the Maltese Falcon and and Treasure of the Sierra Madre. And and, uh, I love film noir um, and and musicals. Um, So I just, yeah. I have many influences. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how, like you say, you're you're not from a uh, industry family, but you were so immersed in film at a young yeah. age. Yes. So were, was your whole family into movies on that level, or is it just you, or just like the weirdo? And <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, they, they were into movies. I mean. Every, you know, your own life is subjective. So I think, I mean, everybody's kind of into movies, you know, I don't, I can't, I think that you're weird if you're not into movies, you know, you're, yeah. you're like, I mean, movies are just part of our, our, our lifestyle diet. You know, what do you watch when you come home? Well, you're going to watch TV. You're probably going to more than likely you might watch a movie or you're going to Netflix binge, but entertainment is just, it's part of our, our daily routine. Um, that's so that say all that, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, my my parents, uh, they they were probably more into movies than most families. Like I saw a lot of Kurosawa films growing up, and a lot of foreign films. Um, my dad showed me. I remember one weekend it was um, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and then Blade Runner, but the director's cut. And, uh, and this is still, you know, like early nineties, Los Angeles. So I was young and, you know, Blade Runner starts off as Los Angeles, 2016. And then, you know, the, this movie unfolds in front of you and, and I, <laughs> I did not like it. I was like, Oh shit. Except I didn't know that word. So, oh shit. I don't want to live in this world. This is scary. I, I don't like any of this. And it took me a long time to like appreciate that movie. Um, and now it's worse. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> real, real life. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I I was always kind of surrounded by movies, and and you know, one of my favorite things to do as a kid was go to the video store and just you know go through the shelves and you know look at the packaging and look at the you know what what else is out there and, and you know kids today they don't have that. I guess they they kind of have the idea of you know you're going through a streaming library but that's not the same thing as you know going into the store and seeing what's on the shelf or seeing what's buried on the shelf because there's way more interesting shit buried on that shelf in the horror and the cult section um and and also like they're spoiled today like if you go on tubi you can get nosferatu in venice you can get the ghost with Barbara Steele, you can get Curse of the Crimson Altar. You get all this stuff that's like it was not available when I was a kid. You couldn't oh. find it. Uh, you know, you can I couldn't even find it when I was a teenager in my early 20s. It wasn't around. And now they just click a button and it's there in HD at their at their fingertips. And I'm like, you children, you don't know the pain of you know when the VHS would suddenly split and, and the, the the tape. <laughs> is broken yeah. and you don't know what else to do and it's going to cost you 15 to 20 bucks to get a new one you know anyway the golden era of uh, 90s videotape 
So it's always been ingrained in your your life. Yeah. So that's that's okay. cool. I dig that. Um, you said the uh, Phantom of the Opera was probably your first horror film. Yeah, it was my first Universal monster movie. So uh, you kind of dug so. in. It seems like a lot of people now start with like what is it now, like what's modern now, and then kind of go backwards like that. You kind of got to start from the beginning. Yeah. Well, forward. I wasn't allowed to see, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween right. at that time, The Shining. I really wanted to see The Shining and The Exorcist because I had a, an older sister and she would crawl down the hallway backwards and piss off my mom. Stop doing that. And she'd start doing, you know, voices and shit. Um, so I knew what they were. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the curiosity of childhood, yeah, I want to see them, but I wasn't allowed to, like the Robert England Phantom of the Opera. I remember distinctly that videotape cover, um, which I now have, uh, and he's, his face is just all like bloody and gory. And he's got a skull mask in front. And I wanted to see that tape so damn bad. And my mom yep. said, no way in hell. You're going to have nightmares for a year. We're <laughs> never going to get you sleep. Um, so I was, I was started on the, and I mean, that's why they took out House of Dark Shadows midway through because it freaked me out and it's violent. Um, so I was started on, yeah, the, the early era uh, of, of classic horror. And, um, and now like I'll see online, you know, people will say, oh, what's a good horror movie to watch with my seven-year-olds? It's not Hellraiser. I would never show a seven-year-old Hellraiser. So I, I'll comment the Universal Monster movies. Like that's the best yeah. entryway. They're gothic fairy tales, you know. That is a good good start. Yeah. So um, yeah, the Dark Shadows movies. I I haven't watched those yet myself. I've been kind of going through the series. Should I finish the series first and then watch those? They're they're or... separate stories to the to the yeah. series. So they're like little parallel times bubbles of of their own little dark shadows adventure um okay. that you don't need to i mean obviously it helps watching the series because you kind of know who the characters are because dan Kurtz, by his own admission he kind of overcut house of dark shadows so yeah. knowing who the characters are and their relationships helps knowing the series night of dark shadows you can watch on its own that was butchered by MGM. It cut 40 minutes out of it. And oh. we've been working on it for years to get the, the, the full director's cut re-release because uh, it exists. And we've you know spent a long time restoring it. Uh, Darren Gross and myself uh, with okay. redubbing the cast members or the audio and respotting the score. And But it's ultimately up to Warner Brothers who now controls them um, to finish the restoration and they could care less yeah it's all about the, the almighty dollar right. so what it needs is somebody to to buy the rights and then finish it up. yeah but that's also not gonna happen <laughs> yes yeah. no yeah well now we need uh you need just need to make that to you need to make that hit movie and then get rich real quick and then you could do it yeah, since yeah. you already started working on it anyways. That's the right. plan anyway. I, mean, I assume that's the plan. It's been in my back pocket. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> For a while. Yeah. So um, let's uh talk about some of your stuff. Okay. What uh 
give me a, a quick uh, timeline of maybe like your first foray into your first movie, your first movie you directed, and kind of go through a few of the things like your progression as a filmmaker. Uh, yeah, I mean, the first film that I directed professionally, I was 20 years old, and it was uh, Dr. Mabuza and uh, had Jerry Lacey, Lyndon Childs, Catherine Lee Scott, and Laura Parker. Um, and it's a, it's a gothic film noir um, inspired by the, the German supervillain Dr. Mobuza that Fritz Lang made some films about back in the 20s and, and 30s. And um, although it's not a remake, it's my own story, uh, a new story about this, this guy who, who really any supervillain in, in pop culture, comic books or movies or whatnot, they're all traced back to Dr. Mabuza. Um, uh, Christopher Nolan based the Joker on Mabuza in The Dark Knight. So um, I was always fascinated by this character and always wanted to do something with him. And then I had a, I wrote a script when I was in my, when I was a teenager. Um, and it was always something that I thought about. And then uh this opportunity well I, I didn't go to film school much as i tried so i was kind of floating and um making still like student films and and, and just trying because what else could i do and uh an opportunity kind of arose where um i said i'm gonna do dr mabuza and i got a hold of the Dark Shadows actors and pitched them the script and to my shock and surprise they said yes and uh, and I was very young very very young and I did it all I had a my uncle's house I took their garage and I converted it into a sound stage so I had a blue screen cyclorama and we shot everything in front of this blue screen and then I created this world in, in either miniatures or um, various uh, period locations around Los Angeles and um, and suddenly Fangoria magazine was interviewing me and like everything just started to snowball from there and I went from being this like introverted kid making movies to like having a, a spotlight put upon me and that was a lot and it was a lot for me to grasp and to um, sort of transition from from if you want to call it the student world of filmmaking to like, okay, now this is real. Now it's actually happening. And I had to learn a lot and I had no money at all. I don't come from a rich family. Uh, you know, it's no money, um, no crew. It was a crew of me and we did this film and then um, we did the sequel. And I can't believe they came back to do a sequel, but they did. And um yeah, that was, that was, um, it was a long, well, I was 20 and um, yeah, it, it, it sort of put me on uh, the radar as it were. And so then I started having to, you know, think about everything from a professional stance and learn on the spot, learn on the job. And um, I know that I've evolved and I have learned um, and uh, yeah, that was that was the start. 
then a follow-up we did was a, an H.P. Lovecraft-inspired noir, The Last Case of August T. Harrison, where Jerry Lacey plays a detective in Venice, California, and he uncovers this Lovecraftian conspiracy that's, that's uh, swirling around him and engulfing his son and went to festivals with that. And um, yeah, I just kept at it. And then in the meantime, I made a love story, um, which I'm very, very proud of. It's called Will and Liz. And um, very simple two-hander show, uh, Will and Liz. And um, uh, I, I needed to stretch myself and show that I'm not just a genre guy, that I don't just do thriller. Um, I can do other worlds of film and uh, other styles of film, I should say. And um, I'm very, very proud of that film. You can you can stream it on Prime. You can stream it on Tubi. You can get it on Blu-ray. You can get all these movies I'm talking about on Blu-ray. Um, and they might. I, there's some of them are streaming. Some of them aren't. I've done a lot. Uh, I can't keep track of it all. <laughs> but um, yeah, Will and Liz, and then right after that, we did Loom Lake. So your first professional directorial film you worked with, like you said, the cast members from Dark Shadows and stuff. How how, did you, how much did you learn from working with those folks? Like how? Yeah, well, I think they also. I feel like that there was a it was a mutual learning experience because they're. I mean, they've they've. Dunst, I mean, Catherine Lee Scott was in The Great Gatsby with Robert Redford. Like, Laura Parker was in Race of the Devil with Peter Fonda. Uh, you know, they, they've done things. Um, Jerry Lacey was on stage on Broadway, you know. Uh, so now coming into a new world of filmmaking technology for them and like digital filmmaking. And Catherine particularly was very fascinated by instant playback that, you know, she could see the take immediately after we shot it versus you know it's a day or two later and you got to go to to the brushes that they'll screen in the projection room you know after the fact she could see oh wow here's what we just did they were you know she was fascinated by that and and, um laura was was also fascinated with just how the mechanics of what I was doing of, of there's nothing here we're doing it like a sh- like a stage show and then everything we put in after the fact and my vision for stuff but I learned a lot about story I learned a lot about I had worked I mean Lyndon Childs is also in the film and I had worked with him in a couple student films Lyndon Childs was on the pilot of the Munsters he was in Alfred Hitchcock's Marnie he was on the Twilight Zone he was in Forbidden World for Roger Corman he's he did everything um you name it he did it um so i had i had begun working at least i had some kind of a a reference point of directing a professional dyed in the wool actor with him and working with all of them um i learned more about communicating emotion and communicating you know, the psychological aspect rather than, well, I want you to say it like this because this will sound spooky or this will sound, you know, aggravated or whatever adjective you can think of rather than like, this is what the character is going through. This is the emotion of the scene and where you're at, where you've come from, where you're going. 
and all of the sort of the director babble <laughs> that, right, that right. directors speak to actors. I learned a lot of that. And um, I, I mean, I learned also just how to handle the Hollywood game, you know, quote unquote, because I had no knowledge that they don't, they don't teach you that, you know, that's just something you're just thrown into the fire. And so, you know, Jerry, Catherine and Laura and Lyndon too, you know, they all imparted upon me sort of wisdom of how to get through this and how to navigate this and how to, how to do an interview like we're doing right now, how to deal with public, how to do a press release. Catherine taught me how to write a press release. Um, and, um, you know, so I, I grew, they taught me just, this is how it is. This is the reality of it. And you either got to buck up and, you know, hang on, or you can get swept away by it. And, um, and I, I was very young. And I, then I think of, you know, act, child actors that, that, you know, that, I mean, that's, there's a reason why most kid actors, when they grow up, they're a bit, um, unhealthy we'll say yeah <laughs> because this is such an odd ruthless ruthless and vicious business um and um so i learned just basically how do you, how do you get through that um from them i learned so much more. i mean that's I'm not even scratching the surface there's things you that you learn that you can't even begin to describe um you just you can't probably there's stuff you don't realize yeah. that you learn, you know, like down yeah. the road, there'll be an incident, something will happen and you'll be like, Oh, that's what Catherine right. was trying to explain or what she's trying exactly. to show me. Oh yeah. It just clicks. Yeah. 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 And especially, I mean, as most filmmakers will tell you, they don't go back and look at their work. Um, uh, and we did because the, the 10th anniversary of the first little boost film was, was not too long ago. And so we did this, two disc special edition blu-ray that's got all three films all these special features and deleted scenes and all this stuff that's never been released and jerry lacy and myself and nathan wilson who plays the inspector we did a commentary track for for the first film and uh, all three of us hadn't seen the movie since it come out um and i'm looking at it and i'm like oh my god like you know i could there could have been this done or there's that that now I would never do or I would never place the camera here or there what are they saying in this scene but you learn because you know you don't know until you know um and that was I mean that film I got uh, I had a theatrical release it was released in theaters in Los Angeles and I mean I I was 20 like that's it was a lot it was a lot to to grasp and to process, but I learned a lot. And I'm grateful for the experience. And it's so fucking wild that it happened. <laughs> As a 20 year old sitting in back of the theater, watching, engaging reactions and stuff to your film must have been like, must have. Uh... I felt sick to my stomach. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, that. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I was, was going to say, I've. Probably would have felt like I was going to shit myself, but yeah, yeah stick to my I, stomach works. <laughs> I was sick to my stomach and not in like, oh my God, what have I done? But just like, what's happening? Nerves. Like what's, yeah. yeah, nerves and what's happening. There's, there's, I mean, there was a gonna, big, are they going to like me or they're going to hate me or yeah. Yeah. They had a big premiere for it down at, on Coronado Island at this brand new, like we're brand for, uh, what's the word? 
they just fully refurbished this original movie palace, old school movie palace. So it was all sort of a 1920s setting and, and everything. And the line, we, you know, we got there and I'd never experienced a film of mine on a movie screen or, or anything, nothing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fresh. And the car, you know, the car took us around the block and there's this line that starts at the box office and went around the building, went down the street and I just, and I'll never forget that, just staring out the window of like, no, this isn't for my movie. And it's, you know, they got it on the marquee, Dr. Mabuza, a film by Ansel Farage and artwork. And, and it was incredibly surreal. It was, I, I can describe it, but nothing that I can say will accurately describe the feeling and the weirdness and the amazement and, and, I, and by the end of the weekend, I was totally convinced, oh, I'm going to go direct Batman. Because you know, like this is this is big You're a success it, in it, it, yeah, yeah. But it's um, you know, and now I would not want to direct Batman. I would not want to deal with all that bullshit. But um, <laughs> it, it was just so unreal, and um, and then yeah, and then it's it played for two weeks in Los Angeles, and uh, we went opening night, and that was again a packed theater. And it was just crazy. And, 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 you know, like there was articles in Fangoria magazine, there was articles in Scary Monsters, there was, you know, press online. And it was just like, this is happening. This is, I, you know, I used to sit in math class and dream about this and practice and, you know, my speeches and, and shit. And now it's actually happening and I don't know what the hell to do. Um, I mean, yeah. 20, you're still a kid. Like, I was know, a kid. Just yeah. processing stuff like that is a lot. Like, yeah. it could kind of twist your ego the wrong way yeah. or something you know but it sounds I, like it hasn't so that's good no do you, I've, do you, do you still get those nerves do you still get those nerves when you release a new movie or if you like theatrical do you still um, kind of that's still there a little bit as much because i mean like that that had nothing like that had ever happened to me before at that time you know so it was i mean it's it's like you know totally new now i know what it's like i've been through it a couple times so it's it's easier i mean there's always the the wonder oh i hope they you know i hope they'll like it but also it's kind of exciting because it's like okay now we can you know we can sit and we can watch the movie and i never have to watch it again afterwards because you you've lived with it for you know one or two years and like the new film that that we've got coming up the great Nick D, um, you know, I mean, we've been working on that one for, we've, we've had the script for 10 years and been wanting to make it. And I've seen it now, you know, 300, 400 times, you know, with the sound mixing and the color and the, uh, you know, the music, all, all the stuff that, you know, and editing, all the things that it goes through the process of making a film. So it's like, you see it, you see it on the big screen, everybody's there, it's a great job, we did it. And it's like relief. Uh, so I yeah. don't have that, that terror, that, that right. nerves that, that sick to my stomach, oh my God, what's happening feeling um, anymore. And also I'm no longer 20. I'm in my yeah. mid thirties now. So it's like, you know, I've, I've grown up a bit and I've, I, I know how to handle things. Cause I listened to, to Jerry and Catherine and Laura and Lyndon and yeah, 
it's um yeah i don't want to sound blase about it but it's like okay i i know how to you know it is so what not it to is. not to to circle too far back but uh talking about learning from you know the seasoned pros what do you think is probably the the biggest thing that you have learned and something that you could pay forward to another aspiring filmmaker from those working with those and collaborating with those people the first most important lesson the first thing i would say is don't get into this business unless you absolutely 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 have to do this business don't get it it's brutal and that's a kind way (laughs) to say it (laughs) um what i would say a lesson from that I've learned from them. I mean, I don't, if I sat here and I thought hard enough, I could probably come up with something good. But what I would say off the cuff is be emotionally grounded and honest, both with your story and who you are as a filmmaker. Because like you just said moments ago, your ego can totally just shoot out of a cannon and, you know, and there's a couple people that I have, you know, there's a lot of, I'm, I'm from LA. I, there's so many talkers mm-hmm. and bullshitters out here um, and, and egos and narcissists and, and all that. And I've seen it and I've dealt with it and I hate it. Um, so I would say, you know, as a filmmaker, don't, don't um remember where you came from you know don't don't uh be be emotionally honest and grounded both with your storytelling and with who you are as a person because once you become an egotist you know nobody gives a fuck especially if your work isn't good and if your work is good it's like well yeah the thing was good but he's an asshole so do i want to support him i feel like if your ego gets too big you, you're gonna think you're the shit so like you're you're, you're just not gonna put that hard you're not gonna it. listen like, you're not gonna listen yeah. you're not gonna listen to right. people that are gonna tell you no listen yeah. to everyone people will yeah. tell you some shit but listen yeah. and then you know do your best to like, kind of sift through it and find yeah. the, the good yeah 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 so um well what, what's your favorite aspect of directing a film <laughs> uh <laughs> like what part of the job like conceptualizing uh, you like actually when you're actually d- filming the movie yeah like, what do you uh, look forward to the most oh god i have terrible answer i mean they're not terrible they're just gonna <laughs> sound like a terrible person i love writing when you're in the midst of writing, not when you got to sit down and like, okay, I have it up here in my head, but now I have to like get the thing, get my fingers to like work and type it. But like when you're in the middle of writing and you've, you've, you've got at least the first draft and you're just going through and you're just like beefing it up and making it. I love that. That there's something fun about that. It's like, cause you're, it's just you and the story and what's in your mind and you're not dealing with, okay, now we got to get production insurance. Okay. Now we got to deal with SAG. Okay. Now we got to get, you know, food is going to cost us, you know, 800 bucks uh, for the day. 
Okay, now we got, oh, the sound guy dropped out. Well, who are we going to get at the last minute? Oh, shit. You know, all that stuff. It's just you and the story. And it can be anything. And the possibility is there. And you don't know who's going to play the parts. And and it looks like a million dollars in your or more than a million dollars in your mind. And, you know, it's the greatest thing in, in the world. You know, it, it's usually not. But in your head, it, it is. And um, there's that possibility. I love pre-production when you're scouting the locations and you're casting the actors. And again, you haven't made the movie, so anything is possible. You know, it's there's there's a brand new horizon in front of you, and that's such a fun, like Christmas Eve feeling. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. What can be? Yeah. Filming itself. Um. That excitement before the family shows up and ruins the weekend. Yeah, although I like when the you know you're in the trenches and the sun is going down and you've got three shots to go, and you know it's a five-page scene and and there's three setups within that scene and like you've got one hour to get it, and you got to get it now. I thrive in that environment. I don't know why, but I do, and I that's just like the army general in me just comes out and it's like, yeah, you know, feels great. Um, I hate editing. I hate editing. I like, I just, I hate it. Um, usually <laughs> I'm left alone to do the editing and I hate it. I'm sitting in front of a computer. I'm looking outside. I'm like, I know I could be at the beach right now. I should be at the beach <laughs> right now. You know, I hate editing. Um, once the movie is edited and put together, it's not as bad. Uh, you know, usually you look at the first cut and you hate yourself. And you're like, oh God, never going to put myself through this again. But it, it's usually not that bad. It's just like, oh, there it is. Okay. That's what it is. You can't do anything else about it. You can go reshoot something, but usually you shouldn't. You should get it in the, in the go, especially the independent side of filmmaking. You don't have opportunities to go and shoot something new or reshoot or retake you know those are luxuries i'm not uh i don't have the resources for because i i don't have i mean my stuff is it's it's financed usually by me and my friend you know we don't we don't have money we don't have investors we've definitely tried but um you know it's a it's that's a whole game unto itself um which i'll spare you but um yeah I editing is is awful post-production is kind of fun because then it's the movie exists and you don't have to deal with the sound guy dropping out at the last minute or whatever and um you know you're dealing with the color and the music and the sound design and and all the stuff and and then it's out and then it's okay now you got to just remind everybody that it exists for the next you know till you drop dead and um you know watch my movie streaming check out my blu-ray but i guess pre-production is is the most fun for me or it's the time where i'm like the happiest because anything can happen anything can happen and uh it's all all the possibilities are there all the cards are on the table and you don't know what's going to happen and you're hoping for the best and it usually is pretty good i mean um todd tarantula uh, was a film that I had wanted to make 
since I was 17 years old. And that was a nightmare of a film experience. I was very uh, unhappy making that film. Um, it was very stressful. The Great Nick D was another film we wanted to make for a decade. And it was a lot. It was, it was like a six month shoot and you know, 50 actors and numerous locations and a lot going on. But it was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, you know, each film comes with its set of challenges and, and has its ups and downs, but that's also life. Uh, it has its ups and downs. And at the end of the day, what the hell would I rather be doing? Because I've done reality. I've managed a hotel kitchen. I've bartended, I've bust tables. I have, you know, waited on people and it sucks. It's awful. Um, I would, and, and when I was doing it, I'm like, why am I not on set? You know, well, I'm here to get the money to go make my film. That's what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, when you're, when you're on set making a movie, well, case in point on the great Nick D we, we had, we shot, uh, just from the beginning of April. Uh, and then it was the end of June and we went on a two week break before we resumed and we ran till the end of uh, to the beginning of September. So we just wrapped uh, and I was at the beach and it was like the very next day because I love the beach. I'm from Venice, so what can you say? Um, uh, and I was, I was just like floating in the waves and I'm like, yes, like I know my place in life. <laughs> like this is, you know, what else would I rather be doing? That's a very long-winded answer to your question. I'm sorry. So, so you're either on set or at the beach. That's, yeah, that's yeah. all you need, and you're good. You you're good. Um, paycheck. So, a paycheck. Yeah, paychecks help. <laughs> um, so the great Nick D. You want to tell us about it? The great Nick D. Is the heartwarming tale of a washed-up porn star, now a Venice Beach nobody named Nick D. Uh, he was known as Nick Dick in the 90s was a you know and um he's on an odyssey to restart his mainstream acting career not a porn acting but mainstream to reclaim his, his long lost love who is now basically the equivalent of meryl street <laughs> so uh it's a comedy drama with a musical number uh, David Selby is in it. Catherine Lee Scott is in it. She's sort of an antagonist. Um, Laura Parker, in her final film role, she sadly passed three months after she shot her footage, uh, is in it. Uh, Lisa Richards is in it, a very funny part. Uh, Olan Jones, who's in Edward Scissorhands and Miracle Mile and Natural Born Killers, she's in it. Very funny uh, character role. Uh, director Sam Irvin is in it. Um, and uh, a bunch of, uh, of actors that have, have been in some of my past work, we, all, we brought them back to you know, play all these little supporting bits. And, and uh, Nathan Wilson, who's, who's been in Loon Lake and, and uh, Mabuse films and stuff, he plays Nick Dick, Nick D. And uh, Nick Hatton is his real name. And um, it, it's been a project that we've been talking about for as long as I've known him for 10 some years. And, uh, it was going to be a web series at one point and it was going to be a short film. And then we said, hell with it. Let's just write it as a feature. And uh, so we've been 
just continuously wanting to make it and uh, send it out to many prospective investors and people and whatnot. And everybody said, you just got to go indie with this. Um, nobody's making comedies anymore. It's not a superhero comic book action film. Um, so we just did it ourselves. And uh, it's it was a six month shoot. And um, we're aiming to do the festival circuit with it this year. And, and it will come out on, oh, on uh, Blu-ray uh later on this year later this year the dvd will come out for the great nick d uh is there do you have like a, a website or a page or anything set up so people could follow the progress or uh yeah i mean you can all of my work is on hollandsworthproductions.com h-o-l-l-i-n-s-w-o-r-t-h productions um uh there's a website that's my website um my youtube channel is the same thing um you can actually you can find everything on my website uh, youtube videos the blu-ray links to buy streaming links if you want to stream although yes i do make you know a little bit more on physical media than uh, the the three, the three cents that uh, streaming will pay you and um i have an instagram it's ansel farage Holmes with productions uh I don't, I'll post on there occasionally. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, my website would be the best place to find whatever it is that you're looking for uh, regarding my work. And um, yeah. So do you have any other exciting ideas you could touch on a little bit that are coming down the road after Nick D? Uh, there's, I mean... Yeah, there's a pile of scripts, man. Um, uh, we'll see. And I mean, I'm hoping to get a certain project up and running this year. I will refrain from saying what. <laughs> right. But it is more in the horror genre line of things. And right. um, yeah, I mean, I basically, I've just been dealing with the great Nick D since last March. So it's, you know, it's kind of taking over my life right now. And uh, we're in the final stages. As a matter of fact, right before we got on with you, we got our last cues of, of score for the film. So, um, yeah, we're going to do a final mix and just get it, get it ready. Get it ready to go. Nice. Nice. Um, do you want to mention any of your crew or, or who scored the film or any of the people that deserve some some love for the hard work to putting in with you. Yeah, I'll say I'll shout out our our cinematographer Robert Murphy. Uh, he is he is a fun crazy guy. Um, he we shot the film, you know, anamorphic lenses, and and I, I it has a I told him I want this to feel like an Altman film, uh, Robert Altman, and um, and and we like we'll be in color correcting and. Like, hey, I just watched The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. I'm like, oh my god, that movie's terrible. You gotta watch Brides of Dracula. And then we like go off on like a whole you know film geekery thing. Oh, the spirits of the dead. Well, Fellini segment is the best, and but I still like the Louis Malwa. And we just like we just riff and everybody just stares at us because they don't know what we're talking about. But um uh he's done an incredible job at 
with you know lighting everything and, and the way that we've shot the film and it feels like it's you know it's it, we shot it on a red komodo in 6k but it feels 35 millimeter um and just has a beautiful uh retro cinematic style and texture um and uh he's done i mean incredible he, he's a fucking wizard I, I have to say and he's like me he just wants to shoot he just he's like let's just fucking go man let's just go you know and uh, and that's great that's the kind of enthusiasm and energy that you need on set especially you know if it's a difficult day or whatnot um he's done a great job and then yeah our our, our composer on this film uh, jeffrey birch uh he's based in oklahoma oklahoma and um uh he's killed it he i i told him i want this to sound as if the beach boys scored this movie and he's totally killed it <laughs> it's i mean there's this he just sent us a track and i'm like this sounds like i mean this could be the a side of a of a 45 record that they would have put out and you could just like dance to it and um amazing work uh you know it's shows you there are creative people out there that want to do this that want to have that enjoy what they're doing um and um you know i mean you can find artists if you dig deep enough and those people are out there and we're super lucky i mean there's a very very small crew very small crew um we're super lucky with with who we did have uh not just the crew the cast as well and um i mean it's been a very fun experience uh you know it's it's been a project that we've been working on for for 10 years i've said that so just yeah. the act of living it of like hey it's actually in the locations that we've always imagined it's with the people we've always imagined you know here is david selby doing this ridiculous thing that we've got him doing you know here here we are and 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 catherine is being like intense and and ferocious and we're doing these scenes and uh i call you know sam urban he's a good friend of mine um the fellow director and i called him up the fablements just come out spielberg's movie and david lynch shows up as as john ford and so i, I called up sam and i'm like sam i need you to be my david lynch and come in and do this thing and and he'd never sort of acted before he made little you know one-line cameos, cameos or, yeah. you know, in his own movies sometimes out of necessity and sometimes out of well hey i want to have fun but i'm like this this is the there's a role and it's a very important sequence and like you know what this feels like and you've got to do this and he's like i'm flattered of course yes that sounds so fun and then you know he found out that uh you know David Selby and Catherine Lee Scott were going to be in the film too. And he's like, well, I grew up watching them. This is just, this is a trip. Um, you know, Olan, I, I saw her on stage doing a delicate balance with David. I mean, well, also I grew up, you know, Edward Scissorhands. I hated her in Edward Scissorhands. She was the religious zealot lady that, that wanted Edward banished and, and, you know, and, and she's so funny and she's so cool uh, we're so easy to work with uh, and we we'd stayed in touch for like 10 years after I saw her on 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 stage um, and I always wanted to work with her and then the movie you know 
came to be. And I'm like, wait, there's this role that she'd be perfect for. And so we're so lucky to have her, you know, sort of join the team. And, and um, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. It's been, it's been a lot of work. I uh, will not dis, you know, downplay that. It's a lot of work, but it's been so rewarding and so fun, especially coming off of Todd Tarantula, which I'm, it's a film I'm very proud of. And I, I know that it is a good film, but it was very stressful for me to make. Um, this was just like, a, a, not a breath of fresh air, but a reminder of, oh yeah, this is why I, I do what I want to do. Or this is why I want to do what I do um, rather than I hate this. You know, <laughs> it was, it was a good time. And, um, and yeah, I keep saying we're lucky and I'm excited for when um, people will finally see the movie because you're going to be seeing the, you know, these actors doing things that they don't normally get to do and, and having so much fun doing it. Uh, I mean, as I, we got a musical number in this movie, so you're going to be seeing the cast of dark shadow singing and dancing like i mean dark shadows musical number in porn like that's what else can you <laughs> can you yeah, ex- you know yeah. i mean throwing a little a little gore in there somewhere and then you got like the perfect movie split no gore, I mean, it sounds like it won't work in there uh, we, we we do have a phantom of the opera reference though like i mean we couldn't let that one okay. slide we'll, we'll count that then <laughs> we'll count that well, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I'm, I'm excited to finally hear about it. I've seen you mentioning it here and there online, and, and I saw uh, a little while back that Sam was going to be in it. Sam's a acquaintance, yeah. mutual acquaintance, and great guy. I love he was he was on our show a yeah. while back, and that was in three parts. Two, Sam, it was a, it was a two parter, but two-parter, you could just. Oh, yeah. You can just hand him the mic and say, Here "Oh you yeah," go. and just oh, yeah. his stories are just amazing. Just yeah, after after we we locked the edit, he and I sat down because I also write for We Belong Dead magazine based out of the UK. I have a column, Ansel's Asylum for the Psychotronic, and I did like the history of horror films and all this stuff. And I just did an interview with Sam back in October, uh, and. I mean, he and I have talked about, you know, his crazy adventures and, and things in his two books. And, but it's like, damn, this this guy has lived some enviable experiences and it's incredible. And, and yeah, it's it's a very long the way impact. he did it. The way, the he, way did he did it. He just like hustled. He did. He but also a kid. totally hustled. different, totally different world back then where yeah. he could just like. But yeah, Write a I letter know. And, yeah. He's on the set of, of the man with the golden gun. Like that would never happen today. They'd never yeah. allow that for fear of a leak. But, um, but uh, yeah, so I kept emailing the guys in England. I'm like, you guys got to give me more words. I, there's, there's so much that Sam has said. Yeah. Uh, also something I want to add, you know, we, we're an independent, you know, I'm an independent filmmaker and the project was an independent film. And, you know, we shot, uh, we, we began production, you know, before the strikes, um, and the strikes, we, we've been affected by them. And I, you know, the streamers, uh, you know, I, I'm going to come out and say Amazon in particular, they have totally screwed us over financially um, as filmmakers with with distribution and stuff. So, um, but luckily we were able to, to continue because we were under, you know, a, our paperwork was not the theatrical paperwork, which everybody was striking against. So we were lucky in that we were able to continue production um during uh during the strikes but um 
yeah, it's been it's been an adventure just this film, and uh, but I'm very I'm very excited, and we were very lucky, and I think everybody's going to be in for a treat. It's a feel good movie, and I think we need some more of those, and not just yes. about you know superheroes, but like about people and yeah. you know, human connection, human experience, and um, and uh, yeah, the great Nick D. So. What's been your uh, proudest moment to this point as a filmmaker? As a filmmaker? Um, I don't know. I don't think I've ever really kind of thought about that. I try not to think yeah. about that <laughs> because I don't want to get in my head. Um, right. uh, proudest moment. Moments. Moments. You could pluralize it, make it easier. Yeah, I don't know. Um, pro- well, I mean, this... This isn't it sounds like sounds like you're pretty dang uh, excited and, and proud of what you have with great Nick D. Like, yeah. it sounds like this could be a I guess one of those I, one of those moments. Yeah, what I could say is my nephew, um, he's you know, he's now he was on the set of Todd Tarantula and at the premiere for that, he he's now two years old. Um, so he's he's a little he's a little he's a little guy. Um, and I've been teaching him how to say action and cut. And he's been on the set and um, uh, he's I'm, tur- I'm turning him into a monster kid like myself. And so when um, his father was dressed up as the Phantom for the, the Phantom of the Opera sequence in The Great Nick D, of course he had to look like Claude Rains' Phantom. So now the little dude, he thinks that Claude Rains' is Phantom, because I'll pull up the clip on YouTube, is his father. And he'll go, Dada. And I've what does the wolfman say oh and he howls and stuff and so he's been on set with us and i said okay now what do we say he goes action and i'm just like he's gonna direct just like his uncle so that's my proudest moment (laughs) i just see him being four now like on imdb like yeah where's my credits for where's my credits for nick d god damn it yeah no he'll be actually he was in the movie we had him we did a scene with him and david selby where it's a flashback to the seventies and he's young Nick and um, put him in an outfit. Uh, he was not too enthusiastic about it. And David had this mustache. David ended up looking like Tony Clifton, Andy Kaufman's alter ego. And um, uh, so, yeah, he shot a scene and I'm like, Hey dude, look at that. Your first acting scene. You're not going to be an actor. You're going to be a director like your uncle, but your first acting scene is with David Selby. Do you know how, Many people would, you know, be envious of that, and he just—he don't care. But it's like um, I don't know what you're talking. He will about. one day. I know that <laughs> he will one day. He'll appreciate it. He's like, just put on Paw Patrol. I don't care. <laughs> he put on Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> so, what's your ultimate goal as a filmmaker, besides being rich? And- yeah. I mean, doing yeah, what you love, but, stable yeah. and being able to afford the things that I want to buy and being able to be at my place on the beach and happy. Um, what's my ultimate goal? Well, at one point I wanted to be Christopher Nolan. Um, I think that might still be nice. I don't want to, how do I phrase this? I don't want to, I don't want to make a Star Wars movie. I don't want to make a, I don't need to make Batman anymore. Um, I don't need to make these franchise tent poles where you are just part of an assembly line. 
that's not fun to me anymore. Um, I want to make the movies that I want to make um, with the people that I want to make. I mean, well, I want to make the movies that I want to make and get paid to make them. That would be really nice. That's a perfect goal right there. Yeah, right that's, there. Uh, what's the end game? I can tell you, I want to make Phantom of the Opera the way that the book was and not, you know, the glittery romance of the musical. Um, and do it on location with IMAX cameras and dark, scary mystery ghost story that it should be, that it always has been. And I've wanted to do that since I was six years old. So that's where all this is heading. And we'll get there. It's going to be a, a couple of years, but... Uh, yeah. I, I got a feeling you might already have some uh, some stuff down on, on paper getting to work on it. But... <laughs> One more time before we get ready to wrap up. Is there anything else you want to throw out there to people? Any other projects or anything you're working on besides movies that you want people to support? Or uh, well, uh, I mean, yeah, you can check out my my magazine column, Ansel's Asylum of the Psychotronic in We Belong Dead magazine, um, which you can order off of their website and off of Amazon. Um, and I know that I've, I, we haven't really gone into it, but Todd Tarantula, it's a fun movie. It's a psychedelic mystery it's set in LA. There's lizard people. There's time travel. There's a mysterious dead body. There's a motorbike. There's drug use. There's sex, drugs, rock and roll, bar fights. There's lots of fun. Um, and that's streaming and on Blu-ray. And I am proud of it. It was stressful. So if you go and check it out, it makes all the stress more worth it. <laughs> um, and uh yeah uh and the great nick d will be coming soon this year on physical media are you gonna do theatrical hopefully um Plan. i mean theatrical is so difficult now that's why I, yeah. i'm grateful that the first one boost did get a theatrical release right. um so i i mean we'll see i mean it's gonna be we're gonna do some festivals so you could see it there and you know on a big screen um but um theatrical goes into i mean then you got to market it and then that's more expense and you got yeah, i mean it's yeah, a yeah. whole other can of worms um so basically it would take a studio seeing it on a festival and throwing some money at it and saying okay let's put it out there yeah you could but then you could also end up getting screwed that way too i'd, I'd rather have control over it myself so yeah. it will be it will be on physical media um in the middle of the year we'll say um if not the early fall which sounds like it's a far off way but it will be here soon enough and um yeah yeah check out my other work will and liz that's a love story um very very that's my favorite movie i've ever made i'll say that it's my favorite film um and then there's loon lake it's a folk horror film that we shot on location in minnesota based on a real ghost story of uh, Mary Jane, the witch of Loon Lake, who if you cross her grave three times, she'll come for you and you'll suffer the consequences. And um, uh, Todd Tarantula, which is streaming in on Blu-ray. They're all on Blu-ray. So. Then everything, people could find all this, all the film, where to stream them, where to buy the DVDs, Blu-rays, they keep up on Great Nick D., on hollandsworthproductions.com yeah hollandsworth productions there's no g in hollandsworth Hollands, yep, yep. i think uh people should get a pretty good grasp of what you're about I, i'm 
I'm excited for great Nick D now after hearing more about it. That's, that's good. Um, definitely excited to see Sam's cameo or actually has a role. He's just, a role. It's a role. Oh yeah. Good role. It's a role. Did he nail it though? Oh yeah. He was, I, yeah. I told him, I said, and I know it's because he's a director. So he deals with the same thing that I have to deal with. I'm like, damn, you, you matched continuity in every take and every shot. So when I cut it all together, if you put your hand on the table at this moment, you matched it at the other angle. And if you picked up your pen at that moment, you matched it on that angle. And thank you so much for that. And he goes, because I've seen other actors not do it on <laughs> my stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I knew that you knew that the pain of, you know, actors get lost in their heads and all they care about is their hair. And um, he's bald like me. So all he's focusing on is his continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really honestly surprised that he hasn't, acted in more just because well, like his energy and like his yeah. personality it's like this dude apparently should be on stage or something yeah. right apparently we've kickstarted a whole new career from him for him because after that and he said oh i'm in this movie um and we put up a picture of, of him with all of us on set as he started getting offered some roles in some some horror movies and whatnot. i'm like well we landed you first and i'm proud that we got yeah. you first got so, first yeah awesome Cool, man. Angela, it was good to finally catch up. Took us a yeah. while. Um, we'll definitely keep in touch and we're going to do this again sometime. Let me know. That's for sure. We'll Let uh, me know. definitely love to have you back. Uh, Angel Farage, HollinsworthProductions.com. Get all the details. Check him out. Check out his stuff. Like I said, I've watched Loon Lake already and I really enjoyed it. Todd Tarantula is in my my watch list on Tubi. Yeah. So it is on Tubi, everybody. I know yeah. we, a lot of us swear by Tubi, but go buy the DVD first. Yeah. yeah or watch yeah. the movie. If you like it, then buy the DVD. There's a bunch of way. special features on the on the Blu-ray. That's, there you, you know. go. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Physical That's media. <laughs> all about, man. I love yeah. physical media. It takes up too much of my house, but it's okay. Me too. Me too. It's okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you for hanging out, and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you, man. Hey, this is Dr. Gangreen. You're watching the Steve. No, you're not. You're listening to. You're listening to the Steve and Crypto Show right here on whatever network you're on. I don't know what you're on. Don't ask me. I can't see what you're doing, but keep listening. And tune in next week for more cool content on the Steve and Crypto Show. And we're back. Thanks again to Ansel Farage for being on the show. And hope you guys enjoyed the chat. Yeah, I'm, I'm hyped see that movie the the great nick d um i want to see sam urban who is one of my favorite guests of course actually i i mentioned him his interview that we had here on the show with him because i put out a over on dustysteavestrout.com i put out a little little piece about my uh sort of like a mini year in review where i kind of mentioned a few of my highlights from the year and i mentioned of course talking with svengoli yeah and I mentioned talking with Sam. I mentioned our Halloween episodes were highlights. And I mentioned, you know, getting some acting roles and voice roles and been writing for some publications. Um, I didn't really get a chance to ask you. So quickly, what were a couple of your highlights other than stuff I sort of mentioned? I know the Halloween <laughs> shit and oh, yeah. certain um, interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean the Halloween episodes as a whole, but um, it what was. You call an a hole. 
<laughs> it was nice to uh it was nice to to have like a variety it was cool to have four different episodes this year or well last year um uh especially nice having kung fu vampire as one of the guests in the halloween specials um you know being one of my favorite artists uh i don't know about four next year but we'll see yeah it was a <laughs> lot it was <laughs> Maybe just two really big ones. We'll see what yeah. happens, though. Like, this year wasn't even meant to be four, but then all this cool stuff started potentially happening, and I was like, fuck, man, let's, yep. let's do four. Yeah, and sometimes the, the timing for certain guests just is better around that yeah, time. That's exactly. just how it works out. So there's, Yeah, like the Svengooli one, it was like, can you do this this day at this time? And it was like, fuck, I'm going to have somebody cover part of my shift at work so I can leave early and yeah. book an interview Swanguli because I wasn't, like, I mentioned in an episode, I had been trying and waiting since we started the episode. That was, like, one of my bucket list guests. Yeah. And it took fucking three years. And I remember he, being in the work van when you, you know, when you had that set up and I got on, I took a break real quick and, like, got on my phone. We're trying. To try to connect with you guys, and the, it was just too bad. It yeah, wasn't there was issues. wasn't gonna work. And it was weird because we had to like stop, like we were trying to switch it up and get it going. It was it was, it was a mess to make it happen, but yeah. we made it happen. Yep. And it was like they were doing like a test of like the emergency fucking broadcast system thing too, yeah. like nationally. Yeah, and fucking everybody's phones were going off and everything like that happened like right before we started recording. Because we were having internet issues, so we had to switch over from the Zoom session to uh, make it a phone thing, which I'm. Just, it sounded pretty good. I'm happy yeah. with how it sounded. Yeah. So in the future, if that's ever an option that we have to just do a phone interview, we could do it. I just like the face to face thing, though. Yeah. Yeah. But um. So yeah, the Halloween stuff. Yeah, the Halloween episodes. Um. Uh, chatting with. Doc from Z Nation was yeah, really he cool. Was cool. He's really nice. I'm still waiting for Godfarts to come out. Yeah. I actually was messaging him literally earlier this morning about that because I, I found like a funny meme or something on Instagram about about not appreciating farts or something. And it's how it's, if you don't think it's funny, but <laughs> you know, I, you, I think I sent it to you too. Yeah. Yeah. You um, did. But I, I sent it to him, and I was like, God farts, question mark. And he replied and laughed. He thought it was funny. And I was like, so what's that? Been trying to find that. And he said it should be coming to YouTube soon, and he's okay. going to post it, and he'll let me know. So okay. I want to see it. Yeah. We'll probably post it. I mean, if it's going to be on YouTube, we'll post it in the group when it's out. He has a good look to, to play a farting god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Doc. Halloween. Yeah. Anything um, else come to mind? Like, not to discount any of the guests. Like, I, I love chatting with everybody that's been on the show. And we just worked all day. It's been a long day, so, like, right and now, I'm really... you on the spot. Yeah, right now, I'm like, I, I'm I'm, I'm mad at myself that I can't think of some names that I would like to say. I'll tell you what. You let's, let's make it a point. Um, One of the next couple episodes, we'll maybe take time and... And talk a little more. I don't want to leave anybody out, I guess, is kind of how I'm feeling. Like, I don't want to say one and be like, oh, shit, I forgot about so-and-so. 
Have you seen my post? You, I don't know if you, you might have looked at it on uh, the Steve Strout about my highlights of the year. Yeah. Like, I left a lot of things out, but I made sure to make it clear that, like, you know, I love all the guests that we've had. And, yeah. You know, like, it was cool having Matthew Mark Hunter on again. Like, he's kind of, like, the kid that really got me into acting, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fucking Kelly Maroney. How do we forget oh, Kelly course. Maroney, Matthew Patrick yeah. Davis? Yeah. A ton of people. Shit. Crypticon. We talked with the Adams. Yeah, Crypticon in general. With the Adams is. And um, I got to say, Where the Devil Roams is a fucking work of art. That movie is fantastic. Um, I, I watched it over the weekend, mm-hmm. in, like last weekend, and I haven't fucking been able to stop thinking about just it, it, just visually, it was fucking beautiful. And, and for just a small budget, they like it. It's indie fucking filmmaking at its finest, and it's just creepy and just beautiful. And yeah, it was good shit. So I'll have to get to it when I can. It's on Tubi now, everybody. So watch it. Uh, uh, Jeremy Rudd and Jason Brooks. That, that was, was a good, good. chat. And then all the cool stuff, just like, you know, conventions inviting us and you know, yeah. Festicon and all that stuff. Squash Meet the street, Con. nerd parties, fun. Yeah. All that shit was just, just awesome. There's so many good things happened last year. Um, I've kind of teased how my year ended kind of horribly, but that's whatever. Overall, all the stuff that we got into last year was fun. Was, yeah. It was awesome, and, and we're hoping to carry over into this year and do that with you guys. Bring you guys along for the ride and have some fun. Um, and uh, so fun, we're going to have some more. You guys have been playing along with us. We've been, you know, taste testing coffee and stuff from Expedition Roasters. Uh, they sent us another package. Yeah, we've, we got we've another package. fucking love those guys. We're excited. I'm ready to dig in and try that stuff. So we're going to do it again. We're going to go through and try the shit and tell you guys about it as we drink it when we record. I am turning into such a coffee nerd now. Sarah got me an espresso machine for Christmas. Hell yeah. That's like my thing that I think about during the day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and make another cup of espresso. Nice. It's funny, the little things that get you going. Yeah. But uh, expeditionroasters.com. Go check their site out. Check out some of the coffee blends they have. Uh, use our discount code if you buy any. It's Steve Crypto. And, uh, yeah, do that. And we also got a package of treats from Galactic Druid, who, uh, which we talked about their stuff recently. We met them at Grit City Comic Show, and they let us test some goodies and then they sent us a whole nother box of them. So we're going to fucking hype that shit up. We're going to yeah. give some away to some of you guys. If, you, uh, if you're if you into that ASMR stuff, go back a couple episodes and yeah. uh, you can listen to us crunch into the microphones that very loudly. It's so weird to me <laughs> that people are into that. Like I, <laughs> I, would, I just thought it was funny to do it. Yeah. But it's weird. But yeah, we'll, we'll have some treats that we'll share with you guys and... Uh, We'll figure out a way to get it to you and give it to you, and you know we like to do giveaways. Ooh, you know what you could do? You could go to your favorite streaming app, whichever uh, whichever streaming app allows you to write reviews. Most of them do. 
but you could leave a review of the show. We would greatly appreciate it. And if we like the review, we might send you something. There you go. Whether it be some candy or a movie or a sticker pack or something like that. Yeah, we'll send you a, I don't know. We'll send you fucking something. But it helps us out. You know, positive reviews help the show and helps us stand out there more. So, yeah, I mean, as long as it's a positive review. If you send a bad one, we ain't sending you shit. Don't get on there talking shit. That's the case. Fuck you. Fuck you you in advance. If you write a positive (laughs) review, then you just might get some of Something. That was a container of candy. That was not him shaking his nuts or nothing. (laughs) That would be a concern if they made that noise. (laughs) With that being said, stay tuned. We're going to fucking tell you guys about our delicious treats that these wonderful companies are sending us. Galactic Druid Treats, uh, Expedition Roasters, both awesome companies. Look them up. We'll make sure that their links are posted in the show notes. Thanks again to Ansel Farage for telling us about his movies and some of his, his history and stuff. He's a, he's an interesting dude. It's cool seeing a young dude that's so uh, passionate about the classics. So that, that was fun talking to him. I wish you could have been there for that one. But yeah. It was just timing. And yeah. One of those situations where, like, okay, we got to do this. So let's get it done. Um, But there'll be more. Lots of other great guests in the future. Oh, yeah. Lots of great guests in the past. If any of you guys listening have anybody that you think we should try to get on the show, reach out. Let us know. Yeah, realistically. <laughs> yeah, like we're Quentin not. Quentin Tarantino ain't going to come talk to us. Yeah, probably not. Maybe. I don't know. I think we'd have a better chance. Tell you like, about his foot fetish. I mean, if he wants to come on and talk about that, it'll get us some fucking listens, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's foot fetish will get us numbers. But yeah, if you have someone in mind that realistically could be possible, um, or if you somehow have a connection to somebody that you think might be down to chat with us. Or if you are somebody that is doing something cool. Yep. Let us know. Yeah. I think with that being said, it's time to remind you guys the places you could go and show us love. Patreon.com slash Steve Crypto. Buymeacoffee.com slash Steve Crypto. Etsy slash shop slash Steve and Crypto merch. Go get your shirt. The Facebook group. Just search Steve and Crypto Show and it'll pop up on there. Um, he's CryptoZoo88. I am the Steve Strout. It's on Instagram and X. I'm getting better at saying X. Yeah. Yeah. Go uh, <laughs> go get yourself some Expedition Roasters coffee. Tell them we sent you. And the code. There's a code. Yep. You get a discount. It's uh, Steve Crypto. That's right. My, my dog wants to say hi. Hold on. Did you hear him? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. That was Hero. Yeah, that he's, wasn't me. He's our <laughs> second that, guest. That was me. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Um. So yeah, uh, we love you guys. Thanks for showing us love. Keep listening. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, come back and listen to us. Enjoy our free treats, and then we'll probably share some with some of you guys. And uh, yeah, let's make fucking twenty twenty four fun, and uh, let's keep this adventure going. Yeah, and. Invite us to conventions, <laughs> events. <laughs> we want to come and, uh, yeah. Spread the word. Spread, spread our gospel. The gospel. 
can't even say gospel right now. My nose is so like stuffy. Spread the gospel. All right, guys. We've been the Stephen Crypto Show. Thank you. Peace.